Okay, so today's show is an interview with Claire Broad, who is a psychic medium. And very interesting. She was uh, brilliant. I think you guys will really enjoy that interview. Yeah, she, um, was, she was amazing. But just before we start that, we have got the T-shirt winner announcement uh, after the Paranormal News. Yep. Welcome to another instalment of the Paranormal News, broadcasting to you from places unknown, bringing you the top three paranormal headlines of the week. Five, four, three, two, one. Three. Daily Star. Signals from a distant galaxy were picked up from Stephen Hawking's Breakthrough Listen Project could be coming from an intelligent alien life. Science boffins committed to finding alien civilizations have picked up 15 repeated fast radio bursts, FRBs, from a galaxy 3 billion light years away from Earth. It is unclear if the signal came back from black holes or alien life. But in a recent signal has the scientists cheering as they were observed at a higher frequency than other ones. A spokesman for the Breakthrough Listen said, These are the highest frequency and widest bandwidth detections of bursts from fast radio bursts, 12.11.02, to date. These observations may indicate that fast radio bursts, 12.11.02, is currently the heightened activity state and follow-on observations are encouraging particularly at a higher radio frequency. Brainiac Hawkins has warned humans against making contact with extraterrestrials in the case they try attempt to reach Earth and conquer it. Mandy uh, Bainham believes she has filmed the ghost of her son from a past life. The self-taught medium felt a lovely warm presence around her 10 months ago. A medium told her it was their son called Danny from a forbidden relationship in a past life who had died in a car crash. A mother of three has filmed what she believes to be a ghost of her fourth son from her past life walking past her television. Her name is Mandy Bainham, 45. Mandy of Wednesfield, West Midlands, said, I've always been a spiritual person, but I've never really explored my passion until about 10 months back when I started to sense this angel's lovely warm presence all around me. I started taking lots of photos and videos and I could see this beautiful spirit. It was amazing. I could tell right away he was a little boy and that he was always with me. So I went to get a reading. Uh, Mandy said the medium told her he was her son from a past life leading to having visions like flashbacks. She said the boy is called Danny and he's the product of a forbidden relationship she had in a past life with a Jamaican man called Stephen in Morocco, Newton County in America in the 1920s. One. From the Sunday Express, aliens from Roswell being kept in underground tunnels at secretive US base, says ex-worker. Aliens are being kept at a military base in Ohio, USA, according to one former employee who worked there for almost 40 years. Raymond Shemansky, an ex-engineer at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, 
says the aliens from the infamous Roswell incident 1947 were transported from the alleged crash site in New Mexico to Dayton, Ohio military base. Raymond has revealed the secrets of the base in his new book, Fifty Shades of Graves, and is believed to be the first person to blow the whistle on the aliens. At right, Patterson. The engineer turned alien hunter says that he was first made aware of the aliens at UF and UFOs by his mentor, who he has named AI. He says that AI showed him a series of tunnels and vaults beneath the surface which was both home and burial sites to ETs. Raymond said, AI said, in 1947 there was a crash down in Roswell and they brought the machines and aliens here for inspection and said they kept them in secret tunnels under the base. When I asked him how he came to know about these secrets, he responded, everybody who works on the base knows. Okay, so t-shirt time. And, uh, and the competition is closed. Thank you to everybody that entered. Yeah, thank you very much. And we will be running a similar uh, competition. In the near future. In the near future. So it's time. The winner is... Nathaniel. Well done, Nathaniel. Really well done, mate. Okay, so we'll be in touch with you to ask you which T-shirt you want and get the details from there. Uh, yep. But again, thank you everybody that uh, took part. Yep. And everyone that's given us feedback, please send it. Keep your feedback coming. Uh, you know, by email or on the the Don't Break the Oath Paranormal yep. out. Wherever on Facebook, wherever you want to send it, send it. We enjoy it. Read every bit. Get back to everybody. So yeah, just send your thing. If you've got a paranormal story you want to share, bring it in. Send that. Uh, so, without further ado. It's time for Claire Broad. So, hi, my name's Claire Broad. I have 20 years' experience as a working medium, uh, although I've been seeing the spirit world around me since I was a baby, really. Um, And I am accredited with the Institute of Spiritualist Mediums, um, purely because I thought it'd be nice for people in the general public to have some trust in me. Um, But I'm not affiliated particularly with any one religion or train of thinking. I've um, filled theatres in the past. I've done theatre audiences, teaching, training, and I do one-to-one readings from um, my base in Fleet in Hampshire. And I've also just written a book with um, Sunday Times best-selling author Teresa Chung um, on a book called Answers from Heaven. So it's a real quick whistle-stop tour of who I am. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay. That's a nutshell. So, um, obviously, you're, you're registered and approved by the Institute of Spiritualist Mediums. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, basically, the reason that I, I went down that route, there's a few organisations. We're very lucky in the UK, really, when it comes to mediumship, that it is a recognised religion and that there are places to go if you want to learn about mediumship. But uh, myself, I don't feel drawn to religion. So I have trained through, um, you may have heard of the Spiritualist National Union, which is the recognised religion in our in our country. But I somehow just, with me, I just didn't feel, certainly at the moment, I might change my mind, that I wanted to be um, connected with a or seen as being affiliated with one religion. I'm much broader than that. I'm open to all trains of thinking. And so the ISM, or the Institute of Spiritualist Mediums, 
are an organization that um, are a charity based on the education and the furtherment of mediumship and the uh, raising the standards and the excellence of it. But they are more focused on the training and the development of mediums rather than on establishing themselves as a religion. So for me personally, I resonated with that. And um, and so I became accredited with them. So they put a medium through quite a stringent process of um, basically watching their mediumship and critiquing it and getting references from clients and um, spiritualist churches. Many of them are actually spiritualist national union mediums themselves, but they also buy into the educational part of um, of mediumship and trying to make that better. Um, and so uh, it takes about two years for them to watch you work over those two years. And if at the end of it you're successful, they approve you as a registered and approved medium so that if other people in the country are looking for mediums they can trust, um, then you're registered there. And really it's about having one proven that you're not just saying you can do it and not coming up with any goods because obviously, unfortunately, it isn't a re- uh, regulated industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anybody can say they're a medium. Um, um, so, you you know, the mediums adhere to a strict code of conduct as well. And um, it's just to give people that faith uh, that they can, you know, you're not just sitting at a stall and saying you can do this. Other people have watched you work and agree that, you know, as much as we can't definitively scientifically prove life goes on, these are our beliefs and we're actually working towards reinforcing or giving evidence of that. Mm. Oh, so that's what the ISM are. Yeah. So it's like a like a checker trade for, for mediums. <laughs> kind of, but it's more than that. It's more more on the educational front. So the checker trade don't really educate you, do they? They just no, no, it's they a just listing. Find you a plumber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the ISM are very strict on who they allow in, which is good. Obviously, they're yeah, trying yeah. to keep the the standards high. Um, so it, it's tricky to get in, but you know it's an achievement when you do. Mm, and yeah. um, and, you know, I, they also offer a lot of educational programs. So for people that maybe don't want to go to a spiritualist church or don't have one near them, whether in the UK or internationally, they offer programs where you they will help you set up your own development group at home and talk you through how to do it and, uh, you know, offer tips and suggestions and progressions. So, you know, it's all very positive stuff. It's been going a long time now. Well, I um, did a uh, couple of years ago, I... I would do the, uh, in the Spiritus Church in Cleethorpes and Grimsby. Right. Uh, I, I did a bit, a couple of bits in there, but I, I didn't, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the atmosphere. Um, yeah. I don't know what it's sometimes, obviously, you know, you just, you get negative as well as positive spirits coming in as well. So, but I didn't, um, I didn't really like, you know, my friend loved it, who I went with, mm. loved it, but I couldn't really, I didn't get that kind of, you know. It didn't suit you. No. I just didn't like the, uh, yeah, no, I just didn't like the place. You weren't getting the right vibes. It, you know, the thing is, the churches are very individual in their own right. I've I've worked in them for God twenty years now since I first went into one, and um, and some are very sort of with it, modern and and progressive, and others are very quiet. And it really does depend on what you're looking for. Yeah, and um, you know, they're they're all owned. Uh, by their own local area and depending on which people can offer the time to run a church will depend on what's the atmosphere's like there and the culture's like in the church and 
Emma Harding's Britain, who, who was um, responsible for setting up spiritualism, she, spiritualism uh, in this country, she said that spiritualism is divine and spiritualists are human. And I think that pretty much sums it yeah. up. And there seems to be a lot of people that come into any kind of spiritual work uh, or spiritual way of thinking, put it that way, because they may have had trauma or what I've, what I've you know, there's a famous expression in there, being broken open. Something's happened to them that has hit, made them hit rock bottom. And the only place to go now is from within themselves to find their strength. And they go down seeking spiritual knowledge to reach some kind of enlightenment or help within their own self so you do get a lot of people that are going into the churches um who are obviously all learning and growing like the best of us (laughs) they're not all enlightened spiritual beings they'll say i've got to contact my uncle freddie now you know because i'm at that low point so you know but uh i've been a few times and uh you know, whether people come in and they, they want kind of answers, you mm. know, if they've had a bereavement or something like that. It's kind of what, what they call it. It's a, an open circle. That's it, uh, Claire. Hey, that's open, it, yeah. The open circles, you know, where people come in certain days mm. and they come in and they, hopefully that these mediums will give them a message from their loved ones. It's just, I think it's every Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday or Tuesday. Um, Mm. Well, so these people so, come in uh, and they try and hopefully get an answer from their, one of their loved ones or, yeah, you know. Fair enough. So, I was going to yeah. ask, um, Obviously, you know, this is not something that, well actually I might rephrase that because you might say everybody's got the gift, but uh, this is something that most people don't know that they've got. So how, how did you realise the fact that you was a, a medium then? That's a great question. Uh, I didn't realise, um, not until I had it pointed out to me. So... Um, which will sound crazy when I explain to you what happened. You know, I've been seeing spirit from a very young age. I gave my first message when I was four. Um, and, but somehow, because I grew up in a very, um, what grounded environment, my dad was extremely scientifically minded. My mum was the one who was more spiritually aware. I just grew up thinking, it was all just part of life. I, wa- I wasn't really, it wasn't like some people actually see if you like, for one of a better word, dead people in the room, I was just aware of them. And I could sometimes receive information from them where they would ask me to pass on or say something. But it was very intermittent as a child. And I didn't really um, question it because I was young. And then when I was a teenager, that's when it's, it's all, the spirit world basically said, right, now's your turn I suppose all sorts go on with teenagers anyway don't they they become much more in tune with that energy and the frequency of spirit it seems to kick off then and um, so I had a lot of very strange experiences going on that were frightening me but only purely because I didn't understand what was going on but as we were just talking about earlier there are no coincidences it my mum in our local area got a job part-time in the National Federation of Spiritual Healers just because there was a job going, not because she knew anything about it, but it fit around the school day. And uh, and whilst all these experiences were going on around me as a teenager, she was gaining knowledge, obviously, by working there. And it was wonderful because they were able to kind of help me understand what was going on. And basically, as I've written in the book Answers from Heaven, Spirit guides were showing themselves to me, trying to get my attention because clearly they had a plan that I didn't know about. (laughs) 
or I'd forgotten. So um, uh, I came across wh- when I got my first. This took me all through ch- uh, through my teenagehood, so I became more aware, but still didn't think of doing anything with it. And um, when I got my uh, one of my first jobs, a friend of mine said she was going to see a medium. And she was nervous to go on her own. And because I'd had these experiences I didn't understand, I said I'd go along with her. And I met Sheila Thomas, who turned out to be a gift, who, as she picked up straight away on what had been going on around me and pointed out to me that I had mediumistic ability and if I wanted to develop, she would help me. So I was 21 when I really started to explore this field. But I'm quite analytical, so even though I've got... I had experiences. I also had that very grounded um, upbringing. And so I was questioning it all. And I was really hungry for not just um, getting carried away with it, but being able to understand it. So I've got a bit of a mix, which is quite nice. So can be <laughs> a bit over analytical about it at times as well. But hopefully you can take from me and everyone who's listening that I'm honest. <laughs> I won't be feeding you any rubbish. Mm. So what was it? I mean, you didn't say your upbringing was particularly religious, but what what was it like when you was telling your, let's say your father, when you was growing up about what you was experiencing, you know? He explained it away. Mm. He just said, so uh, there was a particular time in my teenage years when there was one of the easiest ways for spirit world to get hold of our attention is through our smell. And there was a particular time when there was um, a very unique smell coming and going around my bedroom basically and we turned the place upside down and then we noticed this smell started popping up in other places like it's where I was still at school at the time and my friends started commenting on it and then I started to actually pay attention because I was thinking this isn't just something to do with the house or the environment there there is something going on here now my friends are commenting um and it sounds it sounds very odd and I'm sure people would laugh, but when a smell comes and goes just like that, yeah. it smells, yeah. ling- smells linger. I've had that, I've had that um, very same experience and right. I've spoke to you about yeah. it before, but yeah. I literally could open my bedroom door, walk in, it'd smell like rotten garbage or right. it'd be or a, you know, putrid smell. I'd literally shut the door, open it again and it'd be gone. Yeah, that's that, right. Well, that's that what would happen. Yeah. So, what, yeah. and, and what happened was, my dad was constantly, you know, he's very open. But now he, he completely embraces what I do. But at the time, because he's scientific, he was explaining it all away. It was my mum that was saying, "Hmm, I don't know about this. There's something going on here." And based on the fact that as a child I'd been giving messages, and you know, there were intermittent things going on through my whole life, she was. I had the balance of let's not let's let's look into all of it. What could it be? Until one day that smell literally walked down the stairs, walked around my dad and into the room where I was sitting. And he actually experienced it, too, for himself. So um, so uh, and that turned out to be uh, a spirit teacher who whose only way of getting hold of me trying to get my attention and get the attention of everyone around me so it wasn't just a, a subjective experience for me but everybody was experiencing it which you know made us sit up and pay attention that was his way of getting that uh getting attention his attention but our attention sorry and what what the medium explained to me what Sheila explained to me when I went to see her she picked straight up on this smell and it shocked me because I'd never seen a medium before and um and she 
basically told me who it was. She named the guide and said that he is showing himself as Native American and that he he wants to be known as White Feather because he comes in peace and because that smell that you're smelling, she couldn't put her finger on it. She said it's all to do with the herbs and smells, uh, leaves and things that he would have used when he was here on earth, mashed up and smoked. And that's why we couldn't understand what the smell was. It was nothing we knew. So that opened my eyes. I didn't know whether to believe that or not. I needed to put that to the test. But that was my first, apart from the fact I'd given messages from my own deceased family as a child, that was really when they got hold of my attention and I knew I had to learn something and be more open-minded. <laughs> mm. were, were those messages coming from family members you'd never met? Uh, when I was four, I gave um, I write about this in the book as well. Uh, I, I gave a message from my granddad. So um, I, I was just coming up for four. We went to uh, Richmond Cemetery where he was cremated and he had a little plot there. And my mum and my nan were um, tidying it up and putting flowers down. And being so young, I was bored. So I was playing with some stones and water, which I do remember this so clearly because it was so unique. It stuck in my mind. And um, they were about to leave. They walked over to a gate and because I was playing, they were calling me. And my, I heard my granddad say, I felt him come all the way around me. And I'd only known him when he was terminally ill, lying in a bed. I, I didn't, I couldn't get to know him, unfortunately. He died when I was three. So my memories of him are extremely limited. Um, and he, I just felt his personality engulf me. And I heard him say, Claire, please tell Nanny, um, Grandad says, I love you, Ive. And I didn't know what, I didn't know what that meant. And I was a bit frustrated because I was playing and enjoying myself. So I ignored him. I was like, no, I don't want to, don't want to say that. I'm playing. <laughs> um, and so he really impressed it upon me really heavily. Please, Claire, tell Nanny, Grandad says, I love you, Ive. Now, the interesting thing about this, I, I, I said it and my, I can remember the look on my, my nan's face to this day because she, she just looked gobsmacked. And I can remember my mum and my nan looking at each other because, you know, basically a three, four year old, how do they, why would they say that? I had no concept of death and dying at that age. I hadn't even contemplated it. I knew granddad was, wasn't with us, but I didn't give it any thought. He wasn't a part of my life. I was far too young really for him to be a part of it. And, um, but the interesting thing behind this story is that my nan's name is Ivy Constance, but she always went by the name of Connie because she didn't like the name Ivy. It reminded her mm. of Poison Ivy. And only my granddad called her Ive. Everyone I heard called her Connie or Mum. Yeah. So that's why I hadn't actually clocked. I didn't understand what he was saying. I didn't want to know what Ive meant. So... It stayed with me because, and even my nan only died a couple of years ago at the age of 92, and she was still saying to me till that day, I know that that was a communication because there's no way you would have used those little things. It was just very small, but it just, she just knew. She could yeah. tell it wasn't from me. Have you, um, have you seen your guide then, Claire? Have you seen, has he, has he made himself, uh, to you or? Has, yes, you know, he has. Have, have I mean, shown himself. He has. Um, that was all part of what was going on when I was a teenager. So I'd wake yeah. up in the middle of the night and see him standing at the end of the bed and it was freaking me out yeah. because I would see him in shadow form, not in pure, you know, 
I couldn't see him clearly. It was in the that it, it, that's when I know he was physically there because I was looking at him in shadow form. And I know that there's such thing as shadow people, but this was different. This I was looking at him standing at the end of the bed, but I couldn't make out his features because it was dark and he it was like a shadowy figure standing there. Very, very tall, about six, seven foot, if not more. Mm-hmm. And um, it was intimidating. Um, so my mum always used to say to me, you'll never live on your own. You'll be far too frightened to sleep at night on your own. Um, because of this, because I kept waking up in the night and running into her saying, oh, my God, you know, there's a person standing there again. I don't know who it is. <laughs> um, but then over time, once I met Sheila and she asked me if I would like to join her development circle, funny enough, it was a, it, that was an open circle. And my understanding yeah. of an open circle is a place where people go and develop, not necessarily go and get uh, messages. So it's open mm, to yeah. everybody that wants to come and learn. So I, I joined her open circle and then Whitefeather started to show himself more and more. So as I learned to meditate, the smell all stopped because he was being recognized and he started showing himself in other ways. And nowadays, I um, I either see clairvoyantly, so he'll either interject into my mind suddenly, I'll see images of him, so he doesn't have to do it in the room, um, and or I can use a talking ball to receive messages, or sometimes he speaks through trance. I don't use him, or he doesn't seem to use me, I should probably say, for my general public doing readings. Um, and there are other guides now that have been introduced to me. Yeah, so as as my me- more than one. That's right, exactly. And as as my mediumship developed, because I've been twenty years at this and it, I'm still developing. I mean, you just never stop, do you? That's the thing. Um, as the mediumship develops and it takes different forms, then new guides come in and help. So in the last few years, there's somebody that's called Christopher that's that's um, made himself known, and um, and he's apparently working with the conditions the atmosphere around me when i sit for trance development so it's very fascinating and the great the great thing about this is i've put it all to the test i can't just i know it's i I have these experiences but i can't just accept it as uh you know i I question all the time am i making this up has it been in my mind i mean now i don't i know but um but i've put it to the test and so for instance with white feather um, I asked him if it would be okay if I could have him drawn. And I went to a psychic artist and I just put my name down on a list and walked away. And when I came back, he'd been drawn by somebody else. Mm. And by yeah. that point, by that point, I'd seen him. I knew him. I'd seen him. He'd shown himself. I knew exactly what he looked like. And there he was staring back at me off this page. So do you get the impression that he was a living soul on this planet? At some stage, or do you think this is just, I don't know, some sort of energy? I think he, I think he has been incarnate. He has shown me, um, shamanic insights. So I see shamanic practices and things that I believe he's shown me from what he did or when he was here. Um, I, I've been told that I have been incarnation with him in the past, whether that's true or not, I can't. I can't prove, um, but um, it definitely seems that he has, we have some kind of um, soul connection there. Um, but I also, um, the jury's out for me because I think that spirit guides show you what you need to see in order to be able to understand why they've come. So 
for a medium, obviously, Native. I was. Very, I must say to you, I was very disappointed when I had a Native American first of all. I was like, every medium's got Native Americans. <laughs> Mine is as well, you know. Is it well, exactly? Yeah. But uh, then yeah. White Feather basically said, "I think he was. He's very formidable. He gets cross with me sometimes." Um, and he basically said, "I show you myself in this way because." Native American people were spiritual. We have a spiritual knowledge. You're here on a spiritual path to work spiritually. You need to draw upon the spiritual knowledge. A mechanic might be having somebody interested in engineering or a doctor may have a surgeon in the spirit world. You know, the reason that mediums are so um, uh, Native Americans or nuns and spiritual people are so prevalent with mediums is because they've got that knowledge that they're bringing to help us and to inspire us with. Yeah, because when I was little, I, I actually didn't... Uh, see my guide here. I just see him as animal form. He's a wolf. Oh, and lovely! It, and it, it frightened me. I used to bad time, very bad time. And uh, um, it was later one of my years when I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Um, I started seeing people the bits, and this medium says, "Oh, you've, you're a guide. You know, he's a Native American Indian. He's called White Wolf. You know, and obviously, oh, very similar. Yeah, but this this White Wolf apparently is uh, not my spiritual guide." He's my, um, he looks after me, you know, my protector. Protector, you know, yeah. My protector, yeah. So if I go anywhere now, if I, if, if I go in the building, I don't feel at ease. I, I always ask for, you know, my guy to be with me, look after me, you know, and he's, he has many times. So. How lovely. Yeah, so there is different, there is different guides. I know there could be, I mean, one person could have five guides. Mm. It just depends Absolutely. on the experiences they've got to achieve, I suppose, you know. So. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I still, I still grapple with it, trying to understand why it's necessary to have these different archetypes. But at the end of the day, if they're helpful to us, which they are, and if it's coming and being done in love, then, you know, I just think I've got to stay open to it now um, and just go go with it. I might at first I used to feel really stupid talking about a white feather Native American Indian coming yeah. around me now I but just mine, think white wolf you know yeah. <laughs> you want to see my study clear it's full of Native Native American Indian everywhere oh, oh I I'm would just, love you know, to and talking of animals, well, the really funny thing is at one stage when I was sitting in development, White Feather took me into um, a meditation so deeply. I think it was actually an out-of-body experience. And um, I, I was given an animal totem and I was given the otter. Um, I write about this, actually, funny enough, in the book. Um, and... Um, and I didn't want the otter. I was like, can I have a tiger or a bear or something? <laughs> an otter? I didn't even, I wouldn't have even thought of an otter. That's what made me pay attention because it's not in my list of animals in my head. Um, but the fascinating thing about that is I, in my twenties, I was very intense. I was, I suppose, quite serious. I've lightened up a lot now. <laughs> but in my twenties, I was intense and the otter, was playful and so it was medicine it was the otter was showing me what i needed and so and i think with the wolf obviously he he's showing you what you needed you needed yeah. that and they're balancing out what you need so yeah i mean I've it got, is fascinating yeah i've got a very good friend of psychic she's like, she's like the next mother to me she is uh wendy you know and i i've been gone there sometimes and we have chats and talks and she tells me stuff you know and and even she says, you know, all, all she can hear in the room is, he goes, pow, wow, 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 pow, wow. 
she's going, what the effing power? What the, just, these are Indians around me, going, power, wow, wow, wow. You brought these Indians in again, I thought, not me, I didn't bring them in. You know, so I think, you know, where you go, they'll go. Yeah. You know, because I, th- I, I still say, you are connected, there is a connection, and you, that connection will never go. They're mm. always no. there for you, always. You know. Yeah, what, what? Absolutely. What I'm interested in is um, the communication between you and your spirit guide. Then, what what form does that take? Is that like you know, is it English or is it more symbolic or? So, or uh, so when I, when he first obviously um, uh, showed himself to me, it was obviously quite physical with the smells and the seeing and all of that. But as I developed my mediumship ability, um, it then became much more conceptual. So. Um, so I'm predominantly clairsentient, which means clear sensing. So when I feel disincarnate beings or uh, multidimensional beings, whatever you want to call them, um, come around me, I sense them. That's my strongest sense. So for, so White Feather will allow me to literally feel his personality and the emotions he's coming with and the, the essence of his energy. I feel the strength and the the intimidating um, tallness of him and all of that. I I go through it. Um, And then he may well interject sometimes clairvoyantly, so clear seeing with the, you know, in my my third sight, he might, um, sixth sense, whatever you want to say, third eye, he'll show me images that play out almost like a film. Um, But when I'm working with a talking ball, then he directly communicates through that so i can ask questions and get answers in that way with him i've I've been developing that that's new to me because before now i've always been giving messages out to other people and i've never really asked for them for myself um but i've since writing which that's a story in itself they told me i was going to write this book they told me when i was going to write this book they told me what the color of the cover was going to be through external sources and other mediums this message has been coming to me over 20 years and it's played out exactly like they told me it would. And they bought the talking ball to me. I was too frightened to use it. And it actually turned up via a friend on my doorstep. Um, so using the talking board, I've been able to ask questions, get answers and use it for writing in a way that I'd never thought to do before. So that probably fears a lot, uh, fills people with fear because most people have got a complete paranoia about Ouija boards or, or think that they're a load of old rubbish. Uh, but they can be used for good purposes. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Well, I know the danger of them, them boards. They can be very, very dangerous. You can actually bring things in that you're not going to get rid of. You know, it's. Um, but possibly if you can, you know, it's. I've got different reasons on weekends. Yeah, I don't happen. like. I mean, that I can, just don't like. That it. can happen anyway, can't it? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, what you're doing, you're doing a ritual, aren't mm-hmm. you? You're, you're actually starting a ritual, so you're actually. Mm-hmm. I mean. Um, I mean, a lot of Invoking this stuff, aren't you? So. A lot of this goes hand in hand with you know the the magic practice. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you know. Even back in the day, they used to say you you burn a certain scent, uh, and that encourages a certain spirit to come forward, depending on what you're looking, you, you know, you're looking for, and things like that. So you know, smell is definitely a big, big thing for spirits. But do you think all these spirits then that you communicate with are people that once lived on the earth or 
you know, are we are we communicating? Because like you mentioned, shadow people earlier, and, and my impression of shadow people is these creatures are, are energy based creatures, if you will, and they don't really live on this plane of existence. I think they come from somewhere else, and I don't think they've ever been human form. So, I mean, are you able to communicate with creatures from that realm? Uh, uh, this is where Andy hit the nail on the head. Once you come into mediumship, you have to accept that you work with a certain amount of responsibility. You are a medium. You are a an instrument between dimensions. So there are most definitely beings that have never been incarnate. There are um, there are higher beings, and the, I hate I hate the term as it sounds like it's um, you know a hierarchy, but I think it's actually frequency based. So I have found that. For instance, if I'm connecting in with deceased loved ones, their energy seems more earthly, more more grounded to me. They're not much different from how they were when they were here, albeit a little bit more wise and insightful. But um, but spirit guides, uh, or even I don't even like the word angelic, but angelic frequencies are higher and higher still. And as a medium, it's all about intent. So as a medium grows spiritually, if you're going to do mediumship in whatever form or spirit communication, whatever way you want to do it, ghost hunting, whatever, it's all about you developing spiritually yourself and the intention that you set out there, I really, truly believe, is your protection. And so, okay, kids just coming to a Ouija board and having a laugh and having a few drinks and opening a doorway they're opening that up to any of those frequencies and dimensions. They don't know what they're doing. But over time, as you learn to work with energy and recognize the different forms, then you can absolutely control it. And Andy, like you, I was, I was, um, in fact, in fact, I was told by spirit to stay away from Ouija boards as a teenager. They actually got a message through to my mum via a healer through that um, healing federation. But as I got older, it was my guides that actually bought the ball to me. So it just goes to show that as you're starting uh, raising your awareness, working on yourself, holding your own, it sounds trite, but holding your own power, being responsible for yourself, being in a good frame of mind, working on your own demons, if you like, then you're not in alignment with those lower frequencies. So shadow beings, I agree. I think, Lee, they are an energy in their own right. Um there's a story, actually, that um, uh, I've shared once before, but uh, not necessarily uh, in you know public form, where a client came to see me, and um, she was at rock bottom with grief. And she had a reading from me, and fortunately the reading went very well, because you can never control how well it's going to go. And, um, and I saw the healing literally happening in front of my eyes as she walked in her, her shoulders were, were were down her whole being looked hunched she was you know just at rock bottom and as she left I noticed how her shoulders were up she had a spring in her step she she just looked well and she told me she'd she'd never felt so good and she left and I just thought how wonderful being able to help that lady uh, what I didn't consider was perhaps she might have left some of what she had carried in with her yeah. in my house. Yeah, that's what happens. And, yeah, and so what happened was in the – this is going to sound a bit spooky and I don't want to put anyone off <laughs> of mediumship because I think it's the most life-enriching, positive thing you can experience. But um, 
but uh, in the in the night time, my daughter, who was a baby at the time, all her toys started going off. And I, I thought maybe it was just a battery at first. But when they all started going off and then she started having a nightmare and saying, leave me alone, go away. I thought, oh, well, there's something in there. Um, so I just stood in the room and I, and I held the love um, and just said, in a mother's love, you you will leave here now. And this black mass shot straight through me, straight through the top of me, straight out my feet, pulled. It's like my blood pulled. It was such a physical response and it was gone. I don't know where it ever went, but it was out of, it was out of my house. And what was your feeling when that happened? What, what emotion was you feeling? Empowered. Mm. <laughs> I thought actually, do you know what? Love, uh, love and light always sounding really trite, but the essence of it, love, pure love, is protection in itself. It's very Harry Potter, but yeah. it worked. Yeah, I had that saying years ago. I think I was just waking up and I had a, a saying going in my head and it was over and over and over again. And all it said was, a love and light is the only way home. And it was a right. female voice saying to me, a love and light is the only way home. I never forgot that. And what it's you... so true. That's profound, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, and, but you can get... Gets... Sorry, I'm interrupting sorry, you. Yeah, sorry, carry on, Claire. I was just going to say, that expression just becomes so trite. You just hear it banded around in New Age, you know, circles, and people yeah. write it on their Christmas cards, and it waters yeah. it down. <laughs> but, the, but the essence behind it is you have to own it. You have to yeah. be it. And that's why I never worry. I'm never frightened. Uh, and I don't have any negative experiences. That's the only one I've really had. Yeah, I've been in a few places where I mean, I've been in, um, you know, when I, uh, a few, quite a few years ago when them, you know, I mean, just getting into this stuff, ghost hunting and whatever. So I go in the cemetery by myself at night, just me, you know. Oh, you're around. brave. But I know white wolves behind me. I just sense that. I'm sensing I'm fine. So I've been pushed, pulled, uh, but I've kind of said, look, back off, back off, and they have backed off. They haven't been really. You know, violently attacked oh, yeah, yeah. like that. So no, and that's you know, what I think. At the end of it, the, I think the if you knowledge that you tell the intent, I think you're okay. But... It is the intent, and it's it's exactly that's owning your power. That's what you're doing, isn't yeah. it? You're saying no, yeah. these are my boundaries, and you are not coming beyond them. And I'll only work in that way. What if that's their only way to communicate with you, though? Uh, what? As in somebody who's. Like There's me, a... like me. If I, you know, if I was in a, like, you know, I don't know why I'd be in a graveyard in the middle of the night. On my own. Well, sorry, <laughs> I, I, I find it quite soothing. I don't know why. Yeah. I must be weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've got yeah. no psychic ability whatsoever. So the only way, if anything was there and it wanted to communicate with me, the only way it really could is either show itself or, or prod me, poke me, whatever. I've I actually got, uh, sorry, there. I've actually got a photograph of a spirit around me. The mm. white, easy. I see it one night. I went to a cemetery one night. And I could sense something's gonna happen. So I went to the cemetery and I could see it. It started to form like a, like a smoke and it comes straight to me. I thought, Whoa. wow. I had my mobile phone. I've got the photos. I'll send you the pics, Claire. But, yeah, I'd you love know, to this see is, them. this is called ether, proper ether where wow. spirit, spirit needs its energy to build it, you know, to, to build itself mm. up in it on this, uh, on this uh, plane. So, so there's people that would give their right arm for that experience, Andy. I have uh, people, you know, so, contacting me all the time saying they wish they could see something. You want to, you want to, you know, it wasn't just the smoke when it was around me. I've got the pictures of it, but it was like I could feel, I could sense what it was examining me. It was like saying, "What are you doing here?" You know what I mean? I thought, and I, 
I, I kind yeah. of sense he was kind of the keeper of the, of the cemetery. He, mm. he, he, he wanted wow. to know why it was there for. Well, you know? a lot of, uh, so, there is a lot of parallels between uh, what what you're talking about and the alien abduction phenomenon. I don't know if you uh, you go down that line much. What, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I think they cross over personally. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was very um, ignorant of it all for a long time because I was just focused on the spirit world, basically, and trying to grasp what was happening to me. But when my spirit guide started talking about previous lives that I'd had and Enki and the Anunnaki and stuff, and, and I was like, what is all this? Um, I had to then go away and actually research it. And I was, I was a bit, you know, gobsmacked to find they were talking about ancient alien theories. And I don't know that I think they've been trying to connect the two for me, which is very out there. You know, it's not something I talk about in my daily work because I'm still trying to understand it. But my, my understanding of it is that there are just like there are, um, Let's face it, anything that's not human in, in embodiment is alien. So the spirit world is alien. It's not living on this planet, or it's certainly yeah. not in this Ooh. dimension. And so, actually. yeah, and I think, I think statistically, if you look out at the universe and see how many, you, you know, galaxies there are and, and potential habitable planets, I think we would be a little bit um, narrow-minded to think there isn't life out there. So I'm open to it. And I'm open to learning about it. And I think that's kind of where I am. I'm not an expert on it, but I would imagine that there, there could also be um, extraterrestrial spirit, you yeah, know. And there is. To, yeah. yeah, to me, yeah. it's consciousness. They through, yeah, they go through the planes like uh, knife through uh, soft butter. You know, they can go through the planes to higher planes. That's right, yeah. Planes, you know, so. And I, I, through, um, through trance session once, I... I perceived a very feminine energy who told me she was from crystalline and I'd never heard of that so again I google everything and try and look into it I don't I never just accept what I'm getting because it's just so blooming far out there and I just want to ground all this and be normal with it you know um so I know there are other dimensions that we don't have a clue about and that there is consciousness or intelligence within those dimensions and if you want to call that alien or whatever you know yeah. so be it yeah, because most of the craft you see, well, most of the craft that we know of, I mean, they blink in, blink out. They don't right. fly off, do they? They just blink, they're there, and bang, they're gone. That's it. So they're probably so, coming through other other yeah. dimensions or portals yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Do you think this uh, mediumship, then, as a, an ability or a skill, um, do you think it's something that we had in the past and we've sort of lost and now we're refinding it again? I don't think it's ever gone away. It's about as ancient as, you know, excuse me, bringing it down to this level, but prostitution and mediumship or shamanism, they've been there since the beginning. Um, and um, it's one of those things that I think through every culture and every, every um, t- through all the ages and every culture, it's there. You're never going to get away with, away from it. It's going to be there. You can try and squash it, and it has been tried to be mm. squashed hasn't yeah, it absolutely. but there are yeah, by the church of course so. absolutely and the, and the pa- man trying to own the power um you know it, it they try and squash it because it basically puts the power on you and gives you the emphasis and takes it away from them um but you always find that there is somebody who is like you andy having experiences and that mm. they know that there are co- common understanding of it if it's outside of that 
So I believe that we're all psychic for one, um, um, I, because I believe that that is an innate, an innate um, sense of ours. Mediumship, I think not everybody can become a medium, but we can all, or put it this way, not everyone will become a professional working medium, but we can all enjoy uh, learning about it and experiencing it at our particular level. So just like I can't draw for toffee, but I can enjoy sitting there coloring in a meditation book or something and creating some kind of art at my particular level. Yeah. I'd never be an artist. <laughs> um, it's well, the same thing. I think, I think, um, uh, but I do believe it's uh, my true belief is that, uh, you take with you, you know, you come back after life after life and you bring back them experiences. So if you're, if you're a medium in this life, mm. next life you could be a better medium. You know, you, you only take what, you only take with you what you got here. I mean, you know, I, so, I think there's something in there. So I don't think it's, uh, you know, if you're a painter in this life, but you might be, well, until you start getting the ideas of painting, but I think, uh, you, you bring back yeah, yeah. I think yeah, a lot of it could be hidden in your genetics as well, because you hear yeah, about these people who, uh, you know, have a either a near death experience or um, a bang on the head or something like that. And next thing, the the the, the Picasso, you know what I mean? Well, not That's Picasso, but yeah. a good painter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're it's, absolutely uh, right, so. Lee. It is in the genes. I mean, my my nan, she could see spirit. Now yeah, she never that, did anything yeah. with it. And then we trace back our family tree, and my nan's nan was a medium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it does ruin genetics, and more so with females. So it must be like in the spirit world, then. Like I've always said, is like it's, it's kind of a shire. You know, there's a kind of a group, and you're you're the, you're the family group, and you're like the same. You're like the same mind. Birds of a feather flock together. You know. Yeah, like so, attracts like, doesn't it? So, you know. Yeah. So your family could be like a, you know. Mm. We don't understand the half of it. When I do readings and I connect in with ancestral past, you know, quite often I will bring people in that that, that my clients don't even know and have to go and research. And they're coming back from those lines down the ancestral links to bring insight or knowledge as to why someone here is going through such a crap time at the moment. Sometimes it isn't just their, if you like, karmic debt or what they've agreed to come in. Or Sometimes it's come down through the family. So you're not only dealing with what your own soul progression is, but you're also dealing with your group's soul progression. So you you come in with baggage. Yeah, definitely baggage, yeah. I've got a load of luggage, me. (laughs) I just want to pack up and go home. I've had enough. You're obviously an evolved soul yeah, and you agreed yeah. to take on more than yeah. you could do. I, I just want to, I want to come in with baggage and tickets to, <laughs> to somewhere, right? Hello, mate. Um, just give me a one-way ticket and I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not coming back. No way. No, no, no. That's how I, mean, I, feel. I, I still struggle with the old soul concept and, and, and the re- I mean, I mean, I've read so many stories now about reincarnation and, and, and all the rest of it and now... Really, it blows your mind when you read them and that. So there, there's got to be something to it. But you know, I am still of the opinion, um, and you know, and I've seen plenty of ghosts and, and stuff like that. But I'm still of the opinion that when we die, um, that's it. You know, no, I, you've I got a shot, mate. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope, I hope I'm proven wrong. But, yeah. but so. with with your guides then, because. <laughs> I mean, how accurate would you say? Say you're giving someone a reading. What 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 percentage would you say accurate wise you would be? Um, I know it's hard to, to say, but roughly. Yeah, roughly. Well, I say to all my clients because I've got a bit of a scientific head, um, and and funny enough, I think you like attracts like. And in my um, in my development circles, I've got a lawyer, two scientists, medics, a GP, um, who you know. A prison officer none of these people are going to be prone to 
gullible beliefs. They're all got the ability to be critical thinkers. Yeah. So, um, which I love because that really unless puts, they're religious. Yeah, no, no, well, no, yeah. well none of us are religious. Sort no, of do this. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You kind of got to leave it behind, haven't you, and just be open to all ideas. Um, so I say to my clients at the end of a reading. I won't be 100% accurate because I'm, I am having to interpret blindly concepts and insights about their lives that I have no, I'm working in the dark. I don't know what I'm saying to them and what's accurate. But if by the end of it, statistically, they feel I've outstripped chance, they know, they know when I've connected with a loved one, they feel it, it's palpable to them. So it's, it's a great question. I would love, um, somebody to work with me and actually sit down and work out how statistically accurate I am. Um, that's why I got Dr. Julie Byshaw. Um, I'm so excited when she, she did the foreword for Answers from Heaven because she's done the science and, and, and done triple blind testing on mediums and discovered that they statistically are way outstripping chance. Yeah. Yeah. My belief or my knowing, um, comes on the pieces of information that I've given over the years that have really stood out for me. So um, recently, so for instance, this year, a lady came to see me for a reading and um, and I brought her mother through and I described her mother and she was happy with all of that and the reading, you know, went uh, well. And then the, the mother in the spirit world told me that there was a handbag that hadn't been disposed of yet and that she wanted her daughter to find her handbag because in it was a ring and that nobody knew the ring was in there and she didn't want the ring to get lost. She wanted her daughter to have her ring. Now, at the time, the lady, my client, she didn't have any idea about this bag. As far as they were aware, they'd, all, they'd disposed of her, their mother's belongings and um, she certainly wasn't aware of this handbag or the ring. And um, so the family didn't know. And she had to go away and ask. And she contacted her father and asked him to have a look around the house. He wasn't aware of the handbag either, so he had to find it. And lo and behold, there was a handbag in there. Tucked away was a ring. Now, none of them knew about this bag. Um, and the only person that knew that the ring was in the bag, even if they'd known about the bag, um, was the mother in the spirit world. And so you can get evidence through that basically goes beyond reasonable doubt. So I said to you that I've got a lawyer student and she works with me to help me understand the, that there's two types of evidence. There is scientific evidence, which is measurable. And then there is experience, just like as in a court of law. And she says to me that as she watches me work, most of the time I go on the balance of probabilities. There is life after death based on the information I get. And then there are the times when it goes beyond reasonable doubt, because as in that case, the only person who knew that ring was in that bag was this lady's mum. And yeah. so she she knew. And so so it isn't always evidence like that, because evidence like that isn't always available. But there has been so many occasions when there is evidence along those lines. For instance, um, uh, again this year I told a, a lady about family members that she didn't even know about going back in her family tree and gave the surname 
and was told to go and look for them. And what we didn't know, what I didn't know as the medium, I didn't know this lady was looking into her family tree at the time, but she'd only looked down her mother's line of the family. She hadn't looked down the father's line. And lo and behold, there she found the person I'd said. Now, she, I couldn't, you know, I have questioned it myself many times. Am I mind reading? Am I, is there another explanation? Is there psychokinesis? Is there a, you know, a, a, um, I'm into all the um, parapsychology side of it all as well. And um, I have questioned, could I be mind reading? But in times like that, I couldn't have even mind read. That lady didn't even know that person. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they have to go away and find out. And to me, that's the best evidence, the stuff they don't know. So obviously, naturally, as I'm doing a reading, there are many times when I'm hearing, no, I don't understand that. And there are times when I just get it wrong. I've put the wrong interpretation of the information. But there are times when, like this, many times when people come back and corroborate what I've said. And I have to be patient and I have to just, you know, try and sit with the fact that, I won't always know whether I've been accurate or not. So it's very hard for me to actually stay to, say to you statistically, I would hope I'm around 70% or higher. Um, yeah. you know. When I've been to it, when I've been to a few houses, I think it's, um, I, I do get nervous because I don't want to be wrong, you know, and sometimes I am wrong sometimes. It's just, it's a, as, as you say, Claire, it's interpreted what you think it's, they're saying or, you know, it's, and sometimes the nerves, you know, if you hit something, say, oh, I don't believe that. I don't, you start panicking, you think, yeah. oh, you know, and then you, you, you lose it because, you know, um, I've, I've had it a couple of times, but. I think uh, anybody who's sane and, and is, um, questioning the reality of all this for themselves will always doubt. Um, I'm, I'm getting to that point now where I, 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 with all the science that I've looked into and my own personal experience, I'm now feeling confident to say consciousness survives physical death. And I oh, could chew the absolutely. fat, I could chew the fat with Lee on that and give him all the, all the science yeah, and all yeah. of, you know. Um, but <laughs> Lee, I, Lee will I, still be sitting on the fence. <laughs> but that's okay. No, I mean, I, I, that's I, okay. I, I, that's have okay. That, I have that feeling that that is a, is possible. Yeah. Uh, potential. Yeah. yeah. I, I do get that feeling though. Yeah, Lee, you're in the best place because basically you're open, you're not close to it, but you don't know. And until you have an experience where you can think that goes beyond reasonable doubt for me, then you will, you, you can't think any differently. My, my life has been constant, um, insights and experiences, uh, you know, and I still doubt and I still have lapsing confidence because like you, Andy, when someone's sitting with you saying no, you think, yeah, yeah, have I, yeah. am I just having a bad day here or have I got yeah. this all wrong? Mm. Yeah, there might be consciousness may survive physical death, but I might be having a terrible day. <laughs> yeah, and you would, you do. I've had quite a few off days. So so. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, that, is it? It's, it's, it happens. So. But, um, I think, I just think, do you know what? Part of raising the standard of mediumship, I'm so passionate about this subject, but there are so many times when you see people that are, unfortunately are giving information that is below par, that doesn't help. And I think part of it is being honest. It's being honest with yourself where you are in your ability. It's not being so full of ego that you're saying I'm the best and I can get amazing in, insights, but it's also, it's also recognizing, do you know what? I'm not that good. I don't think I should be working like this, you know. Yeah. You have, which is why I put myself through an accreditation. I wanted external validation. You can think you're doing better than you are. Um, and all I can go on is people's response and people's feedback. 
And all the while they're telling me that I've been accurate and that it's helpful, then I keep going. Um, and I think that really I'm trying to do in my teaching and in, and in writing this book and in, and speaking and trying to get this message out as you guys are doing so brilliantly too. It's just raising awareness so that people are educated and, and they can think, okay, there isn't a medium that's going to be outstanding all the time, but they should be hitting a certain degree of accuracy here. And these signs tell me that this isn't mediumship at all. This is somebody who has gone away with the fairies with Great it all. Reading, yeah. 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 So exactly. what about, um, I was going to say, you know, when you, you do a reading and your spirit guide, you know, maybe gives you some answers and that. So when you're talking about stuff that's, uh, you know, going to happen in the future, you know, prophetic then, do, do you get the sense that everything's preordained or do you think, it can be changed. Well, for one, I'm absolutely rubbish on futures. I've not focused on that because I, from my experience, when people have come and sat and seen me and sat down and said, a medium told me I was going to get married or whatever, and it hasn't yeah, happened. Yeah. Um, so you'd be not good with the lottery numbers anyway. <laughs> no. Oh, well, do you oh, know, right. everyone asks me that, and I say this to them. The spirit world are not interested in you earning money, winning it or whatever, because you're not going to keep it. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> they, they want you to have some knowledge, the wisdom that you're going to take with you out into yeah, the next yeah. world. Absolutely. Uh, but um, but oh, no, I've asked them. <laughs> we, <laughs> we could all do with it, couldn't yeah. we? Give me the numbers. <laughs> yeah, just give me the numbers. Yeah. I've shouted out in frustration, move the bloody glass. I need to see it for myself. <laughs> They don't. They don't um, give in to my whims. I've forgotten my train of thought. There, I was going to say something. Hopefully, so insightful about the, about the future. Um... Oh yeah. So I don't focus on that. I think it's not empowering. Um, yeah, I believe that we have um, reasons for 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 being in this world. Um, that does. It's not just completely random. I think our lives do have meaning, but I also think we're in charge of that. Um, to some degree, I mean, for instance, like I said to you, the spirit world have been telling me since I first walked into a spiritualist church that I was going to write for them and that there would be books and, um, and that they wanted me to focus on that. And I didn't for, you know, 15, 18 years. Um, and it kept coming. That message kept coming until in the end, two years ago, I received a message from a shamanic healer. Who, that was so accurate, completely describing all my guides and family down to a T and then basically saying, this book is going to happen now and they want you to write for them. It's time to put your head above the parapet and come out the shadows. I've always been somebody who's kind of let people find me and not promote myself, not promote the message. You know, it's very British. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, but they were basically saying, enough's enough now. We've given you all this knowledge. Get out and, and share it. And a week later, Teresa Chung got in contact with me. And they told me that it would be online at first. And she invited me to be on her Facebook page. They told me, you know, that this they told her through a medium student of mine that the book would have a golden cover. And, um, and the, you know, that's exactly what's happened a year a year later, there I was writing the book, and then Piatka showed me a, a sunflower on the cover, and and so did I have any choice over that? I grapple with it. I obviously, I I like to think that I agreed to come and do this. Yeah. That I, I'm not being forced to do it. I think I agreed this up front. It doesn't feel like I'm being forced to it. I love it. I feel like I'm fulfilling the purpose for my being here. 
Um, but I, to that degree, I didn't have a choice. It was coming anyway. And they let me know. Um, but I think my daily life and how I choose to be and how I choose to respond to circumstances and things that happen and events that are happening around me, I have every control over. And that is dictating my spiritual growth. So we do have control. And maybe there's an element of us already having agreed what we came to experience before we got here. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I want to ask you about the book. But before I do, I just wanted to ask you whether... This psychic, uh, you know, just is in the realm of humans or whether it refers to animals as well. Oh, my God. Animals are definitely psychic. Yeah. Um, more so than us, I would imagine. Yeah, but they're, they're not much limited, are they? We're, we're kind of limited more. The animals are more free, aren't they? I think there's two things here. Animals haven't got a mind that is constantly telling them or a culture constantly telling them it's not possible. So when you experience something, you completely dismiss it. I was talking to Lloyd Auerbach, who is well known in America for his um, work in parapsychology. And he was saying that he... um, With a group of skeptics once, he, he put an alien in the room and none of them could see it. None of them saw the alien. It was right in front of them and none of them saw it because in their mind it didn't exist. And what's interesting is I went on a, um, a speed awareness course. I'm, 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 I'm all open to you. I went on a speed awareness course the other day <laughs> and, um, and the police were saying or the AA were saying that they, they put up this thing on the screen basically that, that had a desk that was really messy and a whole load of pens on it. And they basically said, how many pens? We're going to put this screen up. We're going to put it up for five seconds or something like that. And we want you to tell us how many pens they were, there are. And you know, not, none of us in the room got it right. And then when he put the picture up and just kept it, there was written right across, there are 10 <laughs> pens on this. So I do think that one, our brain filters out a whole load of this stuff. I do believe it has to be kind of, there is something in, in believing in it to see it. And I think that's because the brain filters it out otherwise. I think that people that are very left brained perhaps struggle with it more. The, the real, real academic, intelligent type, the very left brained and perhaps not so creative, maybe their brain is filtering it out. And I think with animals, they, they don't have the cultural conditioning. They're not being told it's not true. It's not real. It's not possible, which is constantly on our shoulder. Yeah. And this. They don't go to school, do they? No, but no. look at the amount of times where, and I don't know if it's vibration or, I don't know, some sort of signal that they're getting that we don't understand. But you look at how many times, you know, bear, I mean, look at seagulls, they fly in land before a storm hits sea, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Like you know, you well, get, you get, got, they're kind of in tune with nature anyway. Yeah, they? and you get animals running away from yeah, volcanoes, right. yeah. you know, days before it erupts, stuff like that, so. And we, we are, we tend to be, we only believe what we see, but our eyes can't see half of it. So we, you know, really, we are blinding ourselves with that belief. I'll see it, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Animals, obviously, you, like you're saying, they're using their senses in a much different way, in a much more heightened way. And I, I, on my Facebook page, many people write to me with their stories and they often write about their pets and they've talked about the fact that dogs, um, you know, are, suddenly having a hissy fit for no reason in the, in the corner of the room when they've entered into a certain place. In fact, my sister, I think it was Leeds Castle. I think I'm, I'm sure my sister went to Leeds Castle with her friend and they took their dog and the dog would not go in. Um, you know, so all these things 
you start to think, I'm, I'm, well. What, into Leeds or into the castle? <laughs> into... <laughs> Oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe a bit of both. Yeah. Into we have Leeds to go to Leeds now, then, don't we? <laughs> you know, so. Into if Leeds Castle. Sure. Yeah. I love Leeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I definitely think there's something in it. And the fact that our spirit animals definitely come back and, and bring their love and, and connect with us in that way. And we see them as in, in spirit form as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you have tons of people who've got ghost stories about, yeah, they're, they're animals, uh, yeah. Present, but but it seems like um, in a lot of these um, communications with spirit, then and uh, like you were saying when you was four and you got this message from your granddad, it seems like these spirit only have a very small window, um, and I think in some um, like Malaysian cultures and, and, and places like that, they believe that the the spirit takes three days to move on. I think it's three days, and. We seem to get this message coming through, but it's it's very small window. You've like the, the, the like you know, you know, our granddad was sort of saying to you, "Go on, uh, tell tell Ivy," you know. And then when you said, "No, I want to play," you said, no, "Go on, tell her." Yeah, you, so, yeah, it was almost like it was an yeah. urgent thing, like he yeah. he had somewhere to be, yeah. or he knew he was not going to be around for a, a, you know a long period of time, and and that seems to happen a lot. You know, where people, you know, as somebody's dying, somebody will be woke up, you know, woke up from a sleep, and the person will be sat at the end of the bed. And they say, you know, I'm all right and all that. And then they'll get a phone call shortly after that saying the person's died, that kind of thing. It's like this, you know, what do you think is going on there? Uh, it's interesting. Statistically, scientifically, um, they uh, have worked out that direct spirit communication tends to happen in the first few days and weeks of somebody dying. Yeah. When the, what I mean by that is that the, your spirit loved one will try and make a connection with you directly and let you know they're okay. Yeah. Um, uh, with mediumship, it tends to be that that they actually kind of need to learn how to do that. So I actually think it's preferable for people to come and see me six months a year after someone's passed to give their loved ones chance to settle in their new life and to give the person here time to r- wrap their mind around it and come to some acceptance before they have a message because. From my experience, when someone's been in the spirit world a short time, they find mediumship difficult. Um, so I think that what is happening is that they do need to cross. Otherwise, you know, we don't want anybody sort of not, not crossing over and, and adjusting to their new way of life. So they probably have a small window where they can actually say, I'm well, I'm fine. And they're, they're, they have to almost physically get our attention, which is a lot harder um, whereas a medium's much obviously trained to tune in mind, blending of minds and the communication in some ways, I suppose, for spirit is a little easier um, because their medium's already aware. But so I think because they're having to try so hard to get our attention, that takes a lot of energy on their part. And then they're, they're trying desperately in that small window of, of before they burn out <laughs> to yeah. get our, to get our attention. And so it comes in dream form and they visit in dreams and actually people feel kissed on the cheek or whatever. It comes in where you actually might see them in your room at night as you're in between sleep state or get your smells or you get the signs or the radio comes on or, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to do there does seem to be an urgency to it in those first few weeks but I think that's probably more as I'm talking to you I feel it's probably more on the fact that emotionally they're still very connected to this life in the first few weeks and they're they're I'm thinking if it were my kids, the love I've got for my kids and I could see them upset I would be trying to say hey I'm okay yeah yeah 
Oh, yeah. it certainly makes Obviously, sense. I think when you pass, you know, it's going to take an adjustment for you mm. at times. Absolutely. To, to your surroundings. So you've got your loved ones mourning for you, but then it's going to take you time to adjust to your new surroundings. Mm. So, you know, you you know. That's and that's why, I think, I, yeah. that's why I think it's good that you cross, cross over, cross into your new place of dwelling. Don't stay here. Yeah. And then you it. can come back. <laughs> Yeah, mm. yeah. If you want to come back, you know. That's, yeah, but and mo- most people, <laughs> most people do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'll come out, I'll come, I'll come into, you know, I'll be a rich man in Barbados. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't mean reincarnate. I mean, then well, come yeah, back and well, tell people you're okay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No, I'm not reincarnating. So no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not coming back here. No way. <laughs> I'm, I'm off to a different planet. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm going planet hopping. I am you know, definitely. Maybe that, maybe that's an option. You know. Yeah. Or maybe it is. You know, the more the more I look into this, you know, I, I like to, I like to think I'm an intelligent person. The more I look into it, the the more I realise I don't understand, and I've just got to keep an open mind. Absolutely. I, well, again, you know, you, you said that earlier on, and I, I do believe it is. The more you are open to these things, the more they will contact yeah. you. I think I think if you go close minded on any of this, I think um that really does put up a barrier. Um and I don't know what it is, but it does seem to well, work that you way. Because you'll get, get skeptics who yeah. can go into a you know a well known haunted place and they'll never ever see anything. Yet they can go out and ten people can go in there who are more open minded and they can see something happen. Now you yeah. could say because they wanted to see it, you know. Yeah, well, but, they get they get those big it, checks, don't they? So, well, that as well. But it could just it be all, that so. um, they're more open minded to it, and so they yeah. allow it. If you close your mind, then it's a, I remember Jordan Maxwell once said, "You know, your mind's like a parachute. If it's not open, it, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> it <doesn't laughs> it's work. It it's true." And I do so, wonder, you know. just listening to you, Lee, I wonder if. Um, if the if the brain is working at a different level or frequency, or I'm going to sound really, I don't want to sound woo woo, but uh, but you know, I wonder if, like with Lloyd Alback saying to me that he put the alien in the room and no one saw it, I wonder if skeptics aren't actually able to attune into what's going on. Do you see what I mean? Whereas the people that are open minded are working are in there on a different level almost. And that sounds crazy, but when you study mediums' brains, they behave in a different way. When they've been monitored, they're behaving in a different way. So I wonder if a skeptic, just by the nature of their beliefs, are operating almost on a different level. Yeah. Um, and I'm not judging uh, them for that. No, but that is exactly what they will be doing. It's like when when they're always trying to look through, you know, this can't be this, it must be this, rather than just saying... Um, and we was going to get a t-shirt made when it, like, it basically said skeptics if you don't know what it is just say you fucking don't know you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't come up with an excuse I don't just... think that would be a big seller no no you know, anyway. <laughs> but essentially if you don't know what something is just say um, I don't know what it is you yeah. don't need to then go on and say I think it's a you know a crane or it's this this owl or whatever I don't it, 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 you just don't know yeah. you know sometimes and I think even that when they try and justify the disbelief by giving it some sort of uh, identification is again putting an up a further barrier. Absolutely, yeah. and it's you the know. same the other way. You know, mediums have to feel that, or psychics, or people having an experience need to be able to say, "Well, this happened to me. I don't understand it." Yeah, it's not. It was. I don't have an explanation, but that's okay. I don't have all the answers. I'm. I'm. I'm here. I'm in this world. 
but I'm, but something happened. And sometimes the temptation, I think, is because people ask, don't they, lots of questions and want the answers for you to feel like you should have one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I mean, you I mean, don't. I, no, I mean, I, I've gone to quite a few mind, body, and spirit events, and uh, I look, you know, I've got a few friends in the circle as well. So, you know, you go there, and there's thousands, thousands of people go there. So, the, you know, the interest is there, Claire. Oh, the absolutely. They're, they're looking for something. You know, I booked a year in advance. You know, yeah. Uh, and these people are aren't coming into into spiritualist churches or whatever. So, so it just goes to show that the that there is a thirst for knowledge, yeah, and people absolutely. really want to understand yeah. it. Yeah. And you know what? The the beauty of it is. I mean, we've talked about some of the downsides of it today, and or feeling scared. But the beauty of it, the reality of it, is that this knowledge is life affirming it and it, and it at, has changed my life it has given me strength it has opened my eyes it, it it gives me a passion for life it you know I wouldn't be without this knowledge I don't have all the answers but I'd rather have an experience I can't explain than to be walking around in the dark just thinking that's it I die and that's it because that's when fear comes in I can live my life in a freeing way without some of the fears that we might have otherwise oh yeah i mean i'm terrified of dying because because <laughs> well because of that's that because i said earlier you know when you die that's it's a fact in my belief system that's that's it that's say, it sort of thing. so yeah so they're, therefore it you know that would be you know would be counterintuitive to say i'm, I'm looking forward to it wouldn't it oh. but, uh, <laughs> well, i don't know i mean my daughter one of my daughters one of my daughters is quite psychic the other one is totally not and she says to me i don't don't think I want to believe in a spirit world. I, I don't think I can stand the thought of an eternal life. How boring! Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, yeah. Well, and, that's what the, the, the shades put out there that you, you, you know, you're angels and you've got wings and you go to on the cloud of the harp and all that. It's boring. Oh you know, yeah, exactly. Well, you, just imagine the queues. I mean, I was at uh, I was in York. <laughs> I was in York the other week and to get into Yorvik Centre in York is about a two-hour wait. <laughs> the Yorvik Centre in heaven. Oh, no, but, um, no. So should we? Uh, I'm very Anyway, Speaking so. of heaven, right? Should we yeah. Should, should, yeah, yeah. should we get onto this book then? Yes. So, now the title I didn't pick. Can I just put that out there? Yeah, um, I, I, <laughs> I did, did wonder about that one, but yeah, but it makes well, it makes it, it it conveys the right message to people, yeah. I guess. What it, do what, you yeah. call it? An afterlife? I yeah, mean, exactly. You, you I know, call the, it the realms. The realms. The realms. That's lovely. Yeah, the realms. I think the so, thing is, I've always called I call it, it space. It, Space. Oh, that's a good one. Space. I think the thing is yeah. that you need a label for it, don't you? And yeah. um, and yeah. and Teresa is obviously already um, known for her angel work, and and has obviously readers who do use the word heaven. So it it absolutely follows that answers from heaven is the right title for this book, and I've got no problem with it. But my my spirit guide. Basically, Whites have said to me that heaven is a state of being. It's not a destination. So, um, and so when I look at, when I look at it that way, I can use the word. It's just that because over time I've, I've kind of in order to, in, when you have this knowledge and you realize that something else is going on outside of what mainstream culture accepts, when you start looking at all the religions and things, I found that I was turning my back on them. So anything that had a religious word like God or heaven or anything like that didn't sit well with me because I was going beyond that knowledge. Um, but now I'm kind of coming back and thinking, you know, it's just a label at the end of the day. And um, and it's a lovely label. You know, it's, we're not, it's not a horrible word. It's a lovely word. I just don't want people to think it's a religious book. It's not. It's a spiritual book. It's about... 
ultimately it's about people reading it, hopefully finding some com- comfort, finding some insight into what's been, you know, in, into consciousness studies and the, and the possibility of life existing outside of this world. And also it's about um, I, what I really want people to take from my mediumship more than just a message is that it's empowering for them. I want to encourage people to become in tune with their own spirit, get to know themselves and understand that they are more than a physical being and point them in a way where they can maybe explore for themselves. So that's where I'm coming with it, with the, with the title of the book and everything. Yes, fair enough. Yep. What did you, did you want to ask me something about the book? I'm babbling on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not yes, babbling on, but uh, <laughs> yeah. If you want to, I don't know, tell us one of your favourite stories I mean, from the, the book. Uh, or... Yeah, uh, do you believe then, Claire, that you know when, when you do pass over, everybody's got to pass over or go through the next door or whatever, that we are still physical beings? You know, do, I don't, do you believe in this church nonsense that you know you you willow the wisp and you got no form? And I don't believe any of that. You know, um, I've read a few books and. Most of the books say when you, you know, when it, well, these near-death experiences, you know, whether they come back, you know, and tell the people what the, where they've been. Yeah. It's usually that, the, the, the grabbing people and the kissing people. So that says to me, you've still got a physical form. I mean, where do you stand on that, Claire? I think the mind is a hugely powerful thing, or beyond mind, actually, consciousness. Mm. And I believe that consciousness creates our experience in this world and in spirit and or whatever you want to call it non-physical realm whatever you want to call it so yes the spirit world tell me that it's just as real as here if not more real that their yeah. their awareness is heightened because it isn't dumbed down by a body that can't perceive everything and senses yeah. are, are dumbed down um, good to me and they definitely seem to yes they embrace um well, interestingly, I've spoken to people, my own family, who've had um, near-death experiences, and it shocked them that they were outside their body. And I believe that our mind or our consciousness creates our environment. And so, yes, the spirit world is every bit as real as here and will feel just as real as this world does. That's why people, some people, when they pass, don't even know they're dead. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, if, if they were a will-o'-wisp... They would have some inclination that something had changed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they don't they don't know, do they? If you go to no. a haunted location, some of these people they have no idea they've even died. Mm. What was that guy who was? Um, you remember that guy who was sat on a mountainside and he he had the the thought came into his head that he was just a headless body. He was oh. just sitting. He was just sitting, looking over some sort of philosopher. But he was sitting, looking over. You know, a valley in front of him. Yeah. <clears throat> and he was eating his sandwiches and whatever, just sat on this... I don't know why I'm talking about this, but he sat on a mountainside <laughs> looking out at this valley and then he just got... Just for some reason, it just popped into his head. He said, I'm a headless... I'm a headless body, you know what I mean? Because you can't perceive your head, can you? No. <laughs> no. Do you know what I mean? He's eating sandwiches, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's eating sandwiches, you know. But I've always said, and I've told you when I had, you know, you're just in a spacesuit. You're wearing a spacesuit. That's yeah. all it is. It's That's a, right. a set of clothes. You know. It was John so Lennon, wasn't it, who it. said that he sees it as, it, it, you know, you're in, in a car here, you just get out of one vehicle into another yeah. one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And um, that's how I think... Yeah. That's it's well with me that I can take that philosophy. I don't know at the end of the day because I'm here, but I do tend to think that I, I, don't, I no longer hold that I'm just a physical being. So I'm already spirit. 
uh, we're all spirit or whatever you want to call it, whatever label you want to essence, personality, energy, whatever you want to call it. We are that already. And we feel very real, don't we? So I can't imagine it's any different. The other side of death. Yeah, well, I don't think you'd be that much limited than you are now, is it? No. It's, um, no. So, so, stories from the book then. Let's have, uh, let's skip the flavour of what we talk about in the book. Okay, so the book is obviously written by Teresa Chung and myself. So it's a, it's a very much a book of two halves with, with our individual voices. Basically, Teresa, for all her 20 years of writing, hundred books or more on the paranormal she um doesn't have the experience like i do she doesn't say she's a psychic she's had she's had insights but you know she can't work with it herself so the first half of the book is very much her voice and her journey basically how can the spirit world or how can you be aware of your loved ones what what do you look out for to know that those in the afterlife are trying to reach out to you that they still go on. So the first four chapters are uh, her sharing stories from her readers and um, followers about the signs from spirit, like we were talking about those direct communications. Yeah. And then from book chapter five to eight is me. And so Teresa asked me to come on board and, and help write her this book because she isn't a direct voice she hasn't had the experience so my chapters are very much about what is mediumship you know kind of how does it work on a very basic level and then there is a chapter on examples of of messages of readings that I've given what you can expect if you decide to have a reading with a medium and there's a chapter on how you know the Big questions that people ask, like, why don't they give the lottery numbers? Where do I go to learn it? What's an open circle? What's a closed circle? You know, do I have to be a spiritualist even? The whole kit and caboodle there to try and help people if they are interested. Um, there's a, and I've also written about the science, which is why Dr. Julie Bicel also has written in the appendix, um, all about her research too. So it really is a whistle stop tour, just, uh, it's whetting people's appetite, I hope, so they can kind of see we're very normal. Um, that this happens, that it's natural, that people have these experiences and that there are places that you can go to learn about it and this is what you should be kind of looking for and this is what you should look out for. Um, so some of the stories I share, I've, I've shared that one about the, the ring, the, the lady in the ring. I've also written um, accounts of readings that I've done, one um, where an Italian man from the spirit world came through, very larger than life and I think a lot of people, what I want to get across is mediumship is not about death. Mediumship is about life. And I think a lot of people think of mediums as, as something or mediumship as very morbid. And so this account that I've written about with this Italian man that came through who was very flamboyant and very full of life and humor and making the audience laugh with the information he was bringing through um, to try and show people that it that it's fun. You know, it can be enjoyable and there's nothing spooky about it it's natural it's consciousness we don't understand it but it doesn't have to be frightening and i truly believe that much of our fear comes from our own imaginations post an event so if you go into a ghost hunt and you see a ghost perhaps the, the ghost doesn't actually you might have been prodded or poked or whatever that actually what what harm have they done none none, you, none you, at all. no and you come away and then you start thinking about it and then you frighten yourself silly 
Um, <laughs> they just you know, want, most of the time they just want attention that they're there. You they want to be, yeah, they just want to be acknowledged. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I'm I mean, trying. I, Trying I'm to get sorry, that across. Sorry, That's yeah, okay. I think, yeah, I think this uh, should be taught to, to children in schools. This from a young age, you know, yeah. it's what it should be. You know that you know you, you have got a, a you know imagination and there is this and that. It should be taught in sc- in schools to children at a young age. You know, not this crap they're getting now. You know, this brainwashing stuff yeah. they're getting these children from now from nursery to, to primary, whatever. I think it's just uh, you know to. I mean, but, you know. You get these, uh, the, you know, a child isn't born with racism or, or murdering thoughts of that. You know, it's, it's brought up with it, you know, so. That's right. It's our conditioning, isn't know, it? It's our conditioning and, uh, you know, so it's, but. But also, but also just, uh, you know, the, what's happened is the balance has been tipped. I'm all for them learning these subjects that they learn at school, but yeah. there's no balance. So, you know, so why are children so stressful? Why stress at the moment? Why has the suicide rate gone up so much? We are, yeah. we are ignoring a part of humanity, our innate nature. We are suppressing it. And if we actually focus on the spiritual side of life and brought that into schools, meditation increases concentration, oh, yeah. you know, increases empathy. Um, all these things really that we do want to be cultivating in our society, which they did have obviously in ancient tribal communities and things we have completely devalued and i i'm with you andy i think really we should be bringing some of that back and not poo-pooing it and anyway kids are gonna kid well the kids in my my kids are in primary school they're all doing charlie charlie you heard of that (laughs) no what's that it was a craze that was going around a few a while ago on the internet where where um basically you line some pencils up and you say charlie charlie are you there and if the pencils move then charlie oh, yeah. they, you know kids are interested anyway they're going to go and do ouija boards they're going to yeah, do all yeah, this yeah. of course they are you, know, they you, yeah. be, you, know, you haven't evolved you've actually involved you know we're going backwards you know yeah. we're going we're backwards now well, it's just, yeah, it's, you know and we are I actually feel for, i feel for the children really feel for them you know especially when i see them going to schools and you know, I see them with the satchels and the going in there and they're learning nothing, basically. You know, it's, it has got very robotic. They're just learning it? the same as everybody else, so where does that Because the establishment you, you yeah, have to establish the establishment yeah. fed. Nowhere, no fair from nothing, anybody nothing. else. Nothing, nothing. I mean, what? I think it's about learning to think, isn't it? To open yeah. your mind and think. The scientists would say they, that kids aren't learning to critically think. Well, I actually well, that, don't think they are. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're, they're I, think getting, they get, they're, I think they're bored. No, they're getting. I would say they're getting told how to think, you know, yeah. and, 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 and this this is the only way to think, rather than you know, mm. looking at this side of what your your brain might be saying. They get so this is the only way. This is the only. I way. mean, when I when I, I, a lot when, I, when I was young, I mean, in the seventies when I was going through all this, I didn't need help. I, I mean, I was got told I, I, I was uh, I had to go to the psychiatrist, uh, look at pictures. What's that? A butterfly. What's that? A butterfly. What's that? And I was on drugs as well because. They wouldn't leave, the spirit would not leave me alone every night. I was just. You still are. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I was tugged and there was that, there was my bedroom all night and, but I'm not doing it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you another time about that. Yeah, anyway. but, yeah, yeah I think. I, that... I, I feel so, I'm so sorry for the children these days because you can, you know, there's something wrong. There's definitely mm-hmm. something wrong. But what, um, what you brought up there actually made me, um, made me wonder if there is different types of mediums. Like, cause you get certain mediums that, um, you know, can you know can give you a reading about a loved one that's maybe passed over that kind of thing, um, but then you get they get certain mediums. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the program Sensing Murder, 
Where no, I didn't actually. You had three mediums on there. I think it was even Australia or New Zealand. Um, probably New Zealand. Uh, I don't want to say they had Australian accents in case. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. I think it was possibly New Zealand. But, they, but yeah. what, what would happen is they would look at a cold case, a murder, and um, try and get some more information using their psychic abilities. And a lot of the times they, they picked up on information that the police had not released to the public. Um which I thought was, you know, really interesting, actually. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I think people have... have to understand there's a distinction between psychic and mediumship, for one. Yeah. So most people don't understand that there's even a difference there between psychic ability, which is, you know, your, your Uri Gellers of this world, um, the people that, so for instance, with regards to um, psychic detectives, they don't necessarily have to be connecting with the spirit world. They may well see insights through dreams or just intuitively get hits or insights where their own consciousness is, if you like, remote viewing a situation. Yeah. So, and, and then there's obviously mediumship, which means that you are in contact with a discarnate being. A lot of people don't understand there's even a differentiation there. And then, and then with mediumship, definitely there are many ways that you can do this. So you've got your, you've got your people that are channeling Ashtar from planet whatever. So, yeah, and X. then, yeah, and then you've got, you've got your mediums connecting in with your discarnate beings. You've got your animal mediums. You've got, you know, because we've all got strengths and weaknesses in different ways. Um, so they they are drawn to. I even think healing is mediumship. At the end of the day, it's all the same thing. I You're, do that as well, so I quite enjoy it. But yeah, I don't, do it in, I don't do it in a group though. I'm, I'm too like nah. Mm. I'll do it, I'll do it by myself. I do absent healing. That's what I do. Do you? oh lovely. Yeah. So yeah. What, are the, what are the psychics drawing on then? Do you know? Well, I. Yeah. Well, the scientists call it a zero point field, don't they? The progressive scientists, the ones who are into the fringe stuff, um, which basically means that there's a field around us of inte- intelligence. I suppose it's a bit like the matrix in a sense. There's a, there is a field of uh, energy where all that information is held and the psychic is able to then tap into that. So they may well be reading. So a psychic, for instance, if you go and have your palm read or something like that, is tuning into your own energy field and receiving information from you, which is why the reading focuses a lot on you, your life, perhaps future predictions, things like that. Whereas with my work, I'm tuning into a third party consciousness and telling the person sitting with me about that person. Um so the psychics are tuning into that, the energy around us, the field around us, but not necessarily perceiving an, a, 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 another intelligence within that field. And a medium is, a medium is tuning into an intelligence within the field around us or the environment. Mm, um, that's the simplest way I can put it. Where do you stand on telephone mediums and you know, online mediums, that kind of thing. I mean, do you think this is something that needs to be done in person or could it work on any level? I mean, what's your thoughts on Um, that? I don't, well, again, the more I get into this, the more I realise I shouldn't judge. I used to be very judgmental about psychic helplines and things and I still am a bit opposed to them when I hear stories about people getting caught in cycles of constantly having to pay money to come back and get this, you know, I, I don't agree with that at all. Um, but actual phone readings and Skype readings, I actually think they are very helpful. The reason that I'm saying this is that you can eliminate things like 
for instance, if I do a reading over the telephone, I can't see the person's body language. I've got no idea. I'm not yeah. reading them. So actually, it might strengthen exactly. The it's actually yeah. the evidence becomes strengthened because if you're getting something right, you're certainly not getting it from the body language of the person. You're not cold reading them. You can't see them. And Dr. Julie Byshaw only does her um, research with mediums over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so if again, it comes down to intention. If if you're doing a reading with the right intent, yeah, over the telephone over Skype, um, then I haven't got a problem with it. I have heard Gordon Smith say he doesn't like to do it because of the privacy value. He doesn't know if it's being tacked or recorded or something, um, yeah, which is another angle. Enough, yeah, um, yeah uh, cause someone could be recording you just to say, ah, look, she, she got it all wrong. You know, could, I mean? yeah. could be, yeah. you know, yeah, and I don't know yeah. what it's like to be as well known as him. So it's that's another valuable point. Um, Maybe soon. <laughs> well... <laughs> it's not it's not on my hit list i just i just basically i just i'm very passionate about this subject and would i'd be very happy if i could just be known as writing something that was of, of value if i become well known for that that's a sideline <laughs> i do stand up in front of people you can't you have to don't you as a medium basically people want to see you they want to see you do it um but it's never been my and I don't think it was Gordon's driving force, in fairness. I've seen him work, and he, he was phenomenal. So I'm um, certainly not disrespecting Gordon Smith at all. Um, but I forgot what we were saying there. I've gone on that mm. line now. Yeah, what about... Because I had a reading, as it happens, I had a reading done last night. Um, you know, and I'm not big on, you know, this this stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, you know... You know no, you, know, my, you my don't need it. But, no, no, but um, the fence. but I'm I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued. You know what I mean? I really yeah. am. And, and I had a cool. reading done last night because there was uh, another podcast called Scared Podcast, and he had a medium on, and what he, he asked for people to send in questions, um, to see, you know, and then he was going to get the medium to answer the questions. So yeah. she knows she knows nothing about the person who's sent in. Basically, she knows the location, I guess, and the name, and then the question, and um, and obviously I don't know how the other ones went how accurate they were but she she read mine out and um um you weren't impressed no no i was oh. actually oh good no, I, yeah because oh. see this it, is how skeptical i am i'm so used yeah, to hearing yeah. people say oh it's rubbish yeah. it, because it was different because um well shall i ask you the same question i don't know if i don't want to put you on the spot but um but you will but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do that to you, Claire. I won't do that. To you, so. But it's not about me personally. So no. I mean, so there's no right or wrong answer, really. But really, what it was, the only question I asked her was, "Who haunts my house where I'm where I am right now, and and why?" Basically, right. I mean, I do you get? You, I, I told you. What, I know you, know, you have. Yeah, I told, but, I've seen it. I've seen but, the, uh, Well, I'm not I mean, saying. Go on. What sort of sense do you get that? Well, that is, I've got to say, being totally open and honest, that's not what I do normally. So it's taken me out of my comfort zone. Um, but um, I don't know why I just feel very female with it. So I feel like it's a woman. Okay. Um, I can go. I, I, are you seeing it as an in shadow form? Um, occasionally in mirrors and corner of the eyes kind of thing. Um, well, I just feel hooded or shrouded or something over the top of my head and quite small, and so that's why I'm saying feminine. But to be honest, 
that you know it's I am out my comfort zone with that so I'm just being completely honest with you because that isn't one of one of the strengths or how I work mm. with my mediumship mm. and I'd get, be lying you, yeah but do you get a sense of it being positive or negative well I don't feel negative but I don't feel um my interpretation of this emotion that I'm feeling when I feel this is grumpy yeah. <laughs> you know it's like a grumpy feeling yeah not a negative feeling but somebody who perhaps is stuck in the past mm. in their head that's how I would interpret it uh, but it do- it seems a bit strange it doesn't seem mo- um, modern or it seems a bit older than I want to go back in time with it do you know anything about it um I've got a feeling, an right. idea, but you know, I, nothing concrete. Because mm. you know, no. I've not seen. I've not seen the person. Um, you know, in you know, in a full form as such. I've only seen it in shadows. Shadow. I've, that's it. That's what I'm looking at. Is the shadow form, and to me, it looks like I don't know. I feel like I've got something over my head, and a, like a like um, it's like a monk, but it doesn't feel like a monk. Mm. What about a helmet? Well, it could be, but I just feel like I've, because I've, I'm looking at a shadow form and I'm not, I don't feel tall. I feel quite small or shorter and I feel feminine and I just feel like I've got something over my head, like covering my head. So you wouldn't be able to see their face anyway, even if you saw them. Yeah, yeah. But I, I listen, Lee, I, honestly, that is not me at my best. Because <laughs> that's not, that is not my, um, that is not I don't go to haunted locations or people's homes and do house clearings and things like that I'm I guess where I uh, sit well or where my ability is is in people coming sit around the table and and me actually connecting in with their loved ones I'd probably need to go to your home be in the energy of it and then perceive it rather than I'm just giving you at the moment I'm not perceiving any me, uh, there's nothing mediumship going on here. This is my psychic sense. That's what I'm yeah, giving you. Well, it... I mean, this happens so infrequently that you know there's probably nothing going on at the moment for a start. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, what I mean, it can be weeks, it can be years apart. It's yeah. re- really strange, but um, no, I just wanted to get your feeling on it. You know, just so I can yeah. Sleep a bit better well, I have tonight. to have to say, I probably disappointed you much more than that lady, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was about. It, it was roughly the same, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, was so, it? Oh yeah. well. I wish I could have got a bit more now. Damn it. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. So, um, well, I mean, that's been fascinating, really. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and we definitely um, have to speak again. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I'd love to. You, you know, definitely. As soon as you book, you have to book. You know. Oh, thank you. I'd really love yeah. to. It's been a pleasure been talking ab- to you yeah. both. It's been amazing, Claire. Thank you very much for coming on, really. Yeah. So do you just want to tell people where they can find you and your work? Sure. So the best way at the moment to get in contact with me is through my Facebook page, which is at Medium Claire Broad. I would love you to come and join. I've got a lovely community there, people that are open-minded. Um, I'm trying to foster a place where we can share our experiences, ask questions, and um, and just share our knowledge. So it's lovely. So I'm encouraging people to go there. You can also go to my website page, which is www.clairebroad.com. And, of course, um, you'll be able to see more in the book and learn more about me, Answers from Heaven, which is out on the 2nd of November. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Oh, thank you again.
Thank you so much. Thank you, Claire.